we are trying to find out the next few teams to make it into the final four. We already know a couple teams that have made their way into the Elite Eight. We know that St. Peter's, North Carolina, Miami, Kansas, they're all going to be playing on Sunday. Two of those teams will try to make their way into the final four, but we're going to get our first two today, fellas. Um, before we talk about today's two games, I think we have to reflect a little bit on what happened yesterday, just in one particular game in that, is this with St. Peter's the biggest upset story run that we've seen in the history of professional sports? It's sort of hard to say because they haven't won yet, but I don't know. Do they even need to win Beho more than where they are right now? They're the first number 15 seed that's ever made it to the Elite Eight. They beat Kentucky. They beat Purdue. They beat a Murray State team that was really, really good. And they're doing it. It's not like fluky what they're doing either. They're hitting <laughs> big shots. They're it's it's like they're getting up, then teams are coming back, and then they're punching them back again. It's it's not the template that you see winning with these smaller schools. I'm it's it's awesome. It's cool to see, but I'm like shocked as I'm watching this. Well, yeah, I mean, it's exactly what this tournament you know, people want this tournament to be, the Cinderella that <clears throat> usually falls short of where they're at now. I mean, at this point, they're clearly a good basketball team, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's time to stop saying, oh, they're – I mean, you know, they are a 15 seed and what they're doing is incredible, but, I mean, are they a 15 seed? Maybe, maybe the seeding got it wrong a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, for just for my own personal enjoyment, I'd love to see them win this thing. Oh, my just, God. Just tear it down. Why not? And, uh, it just, yeah. I mean, how great of a story would that be? Just incredible. So, could you imagine, I mean, being North Carolina, and two, three weeks ago, you might not have even been in this tournament. They had to win. That, that win against Duke late in the year is what really sort of put them on the – like put, put them in, in because that was a game that everyone was watching. Everyone was watching the coach K thing and they just kicked the shit out of them that day. So that really helped them. And now it's funny, Eric, they are an eight point favorite to try to get to the final four. That's it's all about hard. getting, it's all about getting hot at the right time. I mean, because nobody would have said that North Carolina yeah. or yeah. Miami or St. Peter's are possibly three of the eight best basketball teams in the country this year. If they were in series, they probably would have they probably wouldn't have beat a lot of the teams that they beat but that's what makes this so great you've done a really good job the last couple uh games in the rounds eric too and leo has and just sort of sniffing out the matchups how do these teams um shape up against each other and that's what makes these games really fantastic even last night you know the game you think about the the game with UCLA and North Carolina UCLA is up by 3 it's like a minute to go North Carolina misses a 3 UCLA goes up and the rebound like trickles off of one of their players' hand. It goes back to North Carolina and they nail a three to tie the game. UCLA grabs that rebound. They're up by three at least with probably 30 seconds left to go in the game. If they make a basket, they're up by five with 30 seconds left to go in the game and they probably win. It's that close how things flip. And now their season's done and North Carolina's still alive. Hell, Miami, you know, we saw it with my Trojans. 
87% free throw shooter, misses the front end of a one and one that keeps them alive. And now, boom, they got an opportunity to get to the final four. It's nuts, Leo. And you've been doing a great job. You said yeah, you are still alive in the elite eight, my friend. So let's start with you today uh, because you are uh, someone who's had to really dive into these games for the uh, the BTV best handicapper bracket. Where do you lean with Houston Villanova? I mean, has Houston been the most impressive team in the tournament so far? Yeah, I mean, they really have. They've been absolutely fantastic. Villanova, um, I, I couldn't believe this line. I mean, when I was flipping through some of the videos that we have on BTV already, uh, I look at it and I saw that Houston was a favorite. I couldn't believe my eyes. Like, everybody needs to calm down. I really, really like this Villanova team. Excellent ball movement. I know that they're small, but Houston's not all that big either. Um, Houston's playing really well. This just feels like a massive overreaction. General philosophy, 50-50 games. I'm taking the underdog, but if we're being honest, I think Villanova should be the favorite here by two and a half points, not the dog. Uh, I really like Villanova in this spot. Gentry, we've got a Houston team that comes into this 32-5, 25-12 against the spread. Villanova, 29-7, 19-16-1 against the spread. Um, what makes this difficult is I think a lot of us uh, Gentry, just sort of, we've been kind of waiting for Houston to sort of come back to life a little bit without some of their better players. They had two real key missing pieces, I think, in December. And so we're all kind of, okay, maybe they got through their their conference and their league that wasn't all that strong, and then they're going to get out of conference play and into the tournament, and they're going to lose. I mean, they've been really impressive. They kicked the shit out of Arizona the other day. I I don't know what to do with this team because they're really well coached. Um, they seem like they yeah. play really hard for each other. They play great defense. I This is a good basketball team right now. Do you have any strong opinion, Houston yeah. Villanova? Yeah, I mean, to kind of contrast what Leo was saying, I actually like Houston here. Uh, you know, you mentioned all their injuries back in December. I think they kind of struggled for, you know, three weeks or so trying to figure out what they were going to do, how they were going to advance or, you know, kind of move forward with what they have. And I think what you're seeing is a shortened rotation uh, that, that everybody kind of knows their role and, and everybody's embracing it. And because of that, they're, they're, they're playing really well at the right time. You know, they essentially, you know, with the roster essentially changing uh, availability wise, you know, they kind of had about a month and a half, uh, you know, they're about a month and a half behind everybody else because they had to relearn what they were doing. Uh, yep. Now it's clicking. And, you know, you look at some teams that peak too early. I think in a way the injury early in the year benefits them, you know, because they, they figured it out. And, and that, in the skies. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have an injury like that real late, you're done. But, you don't have the time to kind right. of – workshop it right figure out right. okay now who's going to be our main ball handler who's going to be our secondary guy like you got to everyone's got to start to take a new role now yeah and they've uh yeah they've done a fantastic job so you're leaning on the houston side yeah mm -hmm. I, I do like houston and and i also like the over um i feel like you know the way houston does want to get up and down the floor they they do shoot a, quite a few threes uh, villanova obviously does the same as far as the uh, numbers of attempts um so, you know, if they're hitting shots, I really like the over here. Uh, but that's really all it comes down to, as usual. So, Eric, uh, Houston, Villanova, tight spread in this one, over under around 128. 
Um, I look at the game like this, looking at Nova's schedule, this is the first time they faced a team that's in the top 20 per Ken Palm from defense since November. So this really is going to be a struggle for them. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to what Gentry was saying, how Nova likes to take a lot of three-pointers. Houston does allow a lot of three-pointers. Teams only are shooting 32% open threes against Houston. I think Villanova is going to be able to make those threes. Gillespie, their point guard, who they like to run in the post, he has a two-inch height advantage over Houston starting point guard Sheed. I think that's going to be a big key. And also in games that are close like this, we like to look at three-throw percentage. Houston is 67%, 342nd in the country. Villanova is on the pace to be the best three-throw shooting team ever in the history of college basketball. And then lastly, everyone's talking about Houston in the offensive glass. Nova's averaging 10 offensive rebounds a game in the tournament. I like Nova here. I think their offense is too efficient. I think they're going to be making the threes. I think Gillespie and the veteran leadership that he brings is going to propel them to the win in the cover. Boom. Be- and Eric, we trust, baby. Houston Villanova finish us up here on this game Beho. Uh yeah I, I just want uh first and foremost Leo to put some respect on Houston's name because I think he picks against them every single game and they continue <laughs> to dominate everyone they play um I'm, I'm rolling with them again they've been the most impressive team in the tournament um again I think Villanova like Eric said like Villanova's gonna have to hit their threes if Villanova doesn't hit their threes they're gonna be in big big trouble today um, but if they are hitting those free uh, threes with the way they hit their free throws, it's it's going to be a long day for Houston. But, hey, Kelvin Sampson's a hell of a coach, guys. I mean, it, it's time again, like, you know, he was at Indiana and got caught. Yeah, we, and- we, we can talk about it, not like unlike the people on the broadcast with the guy got in trouble, right? Yeah, he, he got in trouble. They won't mention it, but he did. But since then, it, it's one of those things where it's like it's hard when you come back because that's always sticks in your head. You want to be like, oh, screw that guy, you know? But yeah. he's doing a good job coaching his team. Right now, we're not even going to be in the situation anymore where we're really worried about paying players and stuff, right? With yeah. NIL situations. So we're not even going to be worried about, like, shady stuff like that. All I know is that when the players that he has are, are there on a the court, he does a very good job getting them fired up, getting them to play, getting them to buy in. Right. And he's been rocking sweatpants. And any coach that'll just rock some sweatpants on the sideline, you got to give some credit to. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had the conversation with Blackjack yesterday. Like, um, imagine he's at IU and doesn't cheat. Like, how much different that program could be right now, or how much yeah. different things would have been for him. Yeah. So, you know, it is nice to see him come back and seem seemingly doing things the right way. And again, proving that he's a good basketball coach. Yep. We get to Duke. Arkansas Coach K trying to make it to the Final Four. Now, I will give Duke a lot of credit because I'm I'm wasn't all that high on them coming into the tournament. They played the number one defense in Texas Tech, and they made ten consecutive shots down the court to end the game, or they scored ten times in a row to end the game. They were down by three, four points. The couple minutes left to go in the game. And they, their stars had to step up every time down and hit big shot after big shot. And they did. And you got to just give it up to them in that situation because you can play good defense or you can do everything you can, but the better offense is going to win. If you're going to be able to make tough shots, you're still going to be able to get the job done even against really, really good defense. So, uh, you know, congratulations to Duke on that one. 
and and then on the flip side, so for Arkansas, you know, anytime you mention the referees in a game or something, people will get well. I don't think that that was the reason why they lost. Well, that you're right. It doesn't matter. I can two things can be correct, right? The referees in a game can be bad, and they can have made a couple calls. But that also means that I don't know if that that was the thing that determined the game for Arkansas beating Gonzaga, right? Arkansas played a lot harder than Gonzaga in that game. They maybe were the more deserving team, but there were probably two at like two of those calls on Holmgren that were not fouls. That were not. That's all I'm saying. And so you can we we nowadays when you have a conversation with someone, everything has to be so like one way or the other, so linear, so extreme. It's not that way. There are layers to things, right? Arkansas played harder, but they still got the benefit of the doubt of a lot of calls in that game. I think both of those things can be true. So, you know, moving from that and, and, and coming into this spot, Duke is a, around a four-point favorite here. Eric, Arkansas didn't play very well last weekend. Then they did play much better in the, in that game against Gonzaga. The matchup with Duke is interesting because Arkansas's defense has been very the one thing they've had they've had done throughout this tournament is play very good defense. They've been fantastic. And you know, we saw Duke went into a, a good defensive team. My my worry with just th- this matchup in particular is that I feel like I feel like Texas Tech is a better version of Arkansas. Arkansas maybe has one or two of the I, I guess the guys that you can count on, like a note down the stretch. But I thought I thought Texas Tech does a lot of the same things that Arkansas does well, but better. And now Duke already kind of went through that tougher defense. Um, again, though, I didn't, I didn't have the strongest opinion on either one of these games on the numbers, but how about you, Eric, as far as the number and the total is concerned here with Duke around a four point favorite? Well, in terms of Arkansas, I mean, let's give no take credit. I mean, 21, six boards, six assists, three steals, two blocks. I mean, we all came on here and said he would have to have a game for them to beat the Zags. He had a game. Um, to piggyback what you said about Arkansas and the fouls, we need to remember this team is 11th in the country in terms of forced fouls, drawing fouls in the game. So this is something they've done all year as they're able to get teams into foul trouble. And, and what happens is, Brian and Brian's mentioned this, what happens is it's like, it's like when you're a pitcher in baseball, right, and you become a, a good pitcher – the umpire gives you the benefit of the doubt on the calls that are outside the, the zone a little bit. So people f- start to know that about Arkansas, and then they get the benefit of the doubt on those close calls a lot of the time down low, just because what you're saying, Eric. And I'm not I'm not saying that it's not like they're not good at it because we've seen Arkansas draw a lot of charges and do that. But it's one of those things where once you get that reputation, then all of a sudden the officials start treating you better, right? Like the stars in the NBA, how many times would Harden or MB get those calls on the pump fake? When you look at them, you're like, nobody touched them. What the hell happened there? Right. And that's, yep. that's sort of what happens. And it should lead into your handicap when you play Arkansas. Cause you know, you got to build that into it. You know, that's going to happen already. Yeah. They're, that's what they would do in all season. Like you said, in terms of Duke, um, much is being cried about their close to the game, but the game switched when they went to that 2-3 zone. Texas Tech was clicking on offense. Yep. When they switched the 2-3 on defensively, Texas Tech lost all the rhythm. So you got to give Coach K and his staff credit where credit is due. But when I look and at it this was game, cool at the well, end. Arkansas- like Coach K was, was pretty jacked up at the end. And when I was 
like I said, I'm not a Duke fan. So I, a lot of times I'm like, oh, I want to throw up. But when they smacked the floor, it was pretty cool at the end. Like that was, I will give them the credit. That was pretty badass. Keep going, Eric. <laughs> um, when I look at this game, I agree. Like Arkansas and uh, Texas Tech, great defensively. Both basically the same in terms of forcing turnovers and their defense efficiency ranks. But what Arkansas has that Texas Tech doesn't is someone that can get to the rim, create, and hit someone in stride when you roll twos at them. So I like Arkansas here. It's sitting at four. It opened up at three, three and a half. I think Duke's going to be the public dog here. I'm going to see if I can get a four and a half, a five, and then get Arkansas. But I'm going to be in Arkansas, but I'm just waiting right now. Gentry uh, says uh, the connection isn't very good right now. Go ahead, buddy. Pop on in, pop on out. We'll uh, we'll see if you have anything to say about uh, Arkansas, Duke. Uh, Biho, Coach K, 31 and six, 19, 16 and two. We got on the Arkansas side, 28 and 8, 21, 14 and 1 ATS. Any strong opinion here? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. The end of that game, Coach K and how much emotion he was showing was something you've not seen out of him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He was so jacked when he did like that fist pump or whatever you I know. Want to call it was like it. a tiger like, thing, right? They were calling it the like, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, like, you know, they still got it. I mean, I, I still can't believe they did what they did at the end of the Texas Tech game. And, you know, like you said, we've all been down on them for a while now and, and saying they're just not a great team. But, I mean, at this point, maybe they are a great team. Maybe they're yeah. starting to get it and it's starting but to click. The one thing I will say about them, they are extremely, like, I trust, like, three of their stars down the stretch. They've proven to yep. be pretty clutch that they're they're big shot makers at the moment. Like compare what you saw from a couple of the Duke guys last night to what you saw from Ivy. Yeah. At Purdue. That guy killed up a ball in a big moment. He was yep. nowhere. He airballed like a runner that they needed. It was like, what the hell was that? And then you've got the Duke guys who are like, uh, what's the guards that was the guard's name who was like like yo-yoing him up and down. Like you could see that he was timing the shot clock and just perfectly like running it down. It was like NBA style like plays and, and clock management. Just fantastic stuff from uh from Duke down the stretch there. But I, I sort of agree with Eric's sentiment in that the difference between Texas Tech and this Arkansas team is that Arkansas does have a guy like a note. Um he is the type of guy though gentry that can win you games but he can kind of shoot you out of games too and and he does that every now and then when you know like it took him a lot to get to those numbers last night so it's one of those things where you sort of you kind of live with him and you die with him sometimes yeah well you mentioned uh how hard arkansas had played you know defensively so far in the tournament and i think that's kind of really who they are like in their losses it's games where they kind of came out look lethargic in the regular season uh you know the effort wasn't there i guess and and it seems like when they want to play this is what you get you know and you know you kind of compared them to texas tech but i would say it's texas tech with an offense so it's kind of yeah. you know uh you know when they're when they're really clicking and when they're really interested in what's going on i i feel like we've seen what they're capable of even though they kind of had to survive and advance the first couple games and then they won the big one against Gonzaga. It's, you know, I, I feel like this is a matchup against Duke where 
as much as I lean towards Duke to somehow win this game, to get to the Final Four, I, I feel like Arkansas is going to be there in the end. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to come down to some whistles probably or, or lack thereof. That's what's so tough about that number, right? Because it's four yeah. and you, you're playing it out in your head. You're like, okay, it's a three-point game down the stretch and then the fouls start. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, I do this in football. Obviously, everybody does this in football. You, you try to gauge, gauge the spread based on possessions, right? Yeah. So here, now that you're kind of reaching the Elite Eight and Final Four, I, I'm kind of looking at the numbers based on possessions. So, you know, a, a one, two, a two to three possession game is kind of what I would expect in the end. But I think Arkansas, uh, you know, if they're getting whistles <laughs> like they did against Gonzaga, I only see them hanging in it. How did Doug Shouse get back-to-back Arkansas games, by the way? Yeah. I mean, I mentioned his name very specifically about yeah. their game before, and then he was the one that called those two fouls you're talking about on Holmgren. And it's just – it's a complete shit show. I'm like, hoping – How Doug Shouse gets a Sweet 16 game period is beyond me. I mean, because I don't know what you're supposed to do when you're – you saw the guy, right? And, again, he's he's thin. I'm a skinny guy. I know this. When I was playing soccer my whole life – this is what people did to me because I was decent a few years. So when I would score goals, people would try to beat the shit out of me because I was a small guy. So they come yeah. right at you. Like they try to hurt you because they think, oh, he's thin. I'm going to punch him in the chest and do that. So that's what they were doing to Holmgren, right? You could tell that somebody gave him like go right at the guy's chest. That's literally what you could see the them doing. But he would just go straight yeah. up. He was just going yeah, and, straight and up. Like and like a then, true straight up too. Yeah. Not the ones that people and try to act over. like they're straight up. Like yeah. he was straight up, straight on, up, on the they, fourth or you fifth could foul. See that they go, they were going right into his belly, and so I saw one of, I think Darren, our friend DZ, like he tweeted, like, "What, what are you supposed to do if you're Holmgren? At that point, are you you're supposed to just get out of the way and like I mean, Ole Matador? If, if if we're being honest, Ole. fall down when they fall yeah. down when they hit your chest, and I know get a charge. That's what that's what you do." I mean, again, and like the only thing that gives me, and, and that's why I'm going to be on Duke today is because if there's one team that always gets calls, it's Duke. So I can't imagine Arkansas getting the benefit of the whistle it's today like against coach K and Duke. I like that. So I think Duke's Duke's taking this one home today. I like that narrative. I like that narrative thinking here, Leo, where are you going to lean in the, uh, in the contest on this game? All right, guys, this is my favorite pick of the night. We've been talking about it. It feels like everything's lined up for Duke to win this national championship, and we're going to try to, you know, have – Whoa. Beho. We need – oh, <laughs> nope, that's not what we're ah! looking for, folks. All right, so, listen, we've been talking about Duke, um, and everybody's starting to feel like, oh, this is Coach K. He's going to win a national championship. Everybody's starting to get on that bandwagon. Not me, my friend. This is a perfect spot to fade the public. Uh, Eric, you talked about J.D. Note. Yeah, he had a really good game where he filled up the box score. But guess what? He couldn't shoot the ball to save his freaking life the other night. I mean, he ends up with 21 points. He shot 9 of 29 and was 2 of 12 from 3. He pulled the Kobe. He scored 60 points, but had to take 60 shots hey, to do hey, it. Hey, <laughs> Easy well, on Mamba that. there. Watch I knew I'd get you on that one, Dino. But listen, I'm expecting a better game from Note here. The the refs are going to be a crucial part of this. Everybody's going to be on Duke. It's time to fade the public. I have a feeling that 
Arkansas is going to find a way to win this game. And by the way, they have a lot of talented players here. Beho, I know how much you hate Jalen Williams, but that dude's playing I, his ass off. No, 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 no. It's not that I hate him. Leo, I've said on here before, he's an outstanding player. If he just learned to play defense correctly, he and would be what? an NBA player. He'd be a big. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the way you are. If you're a big and you take those, I don't mind if you're a point guard. And you take the charges yeah. there because and you you're can't wearing pads. Them. You're a yeah. big that wears pads. Kyle Lowry or you're Stop Alex it. Caruso, and you're taking these charges. Like totally understand, right? Um, but dude, go up for it and try to block that freaking shot. I, I, I understand yeah. why it rubs you the wrong way, but Leo, uh, they you are right. It's not as if it's a note and everybody else team. They've got some talent there, absolutely. Even when Note struggles, they still have guys that can put the ball in the basket and top-tier talent. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this too. Like, we haven't been high on Duke. Before this tournament, I don't think any of us were very high on Duke. And again, I'm one of well, these guys where we're like, yeah, they're starting to be high on Arkansas either. That's the only problem. <laughs> I mean, listen, my motto on Arkansas all year has been you fade them as a favorite and you're taking them as a dog. They're a dog Good tonight. Point. But you know what? I got one more announcement here. And guess what? I've been on fire picking the public props. I was yeah, smart enough yesterday to let Eric take the public prop. And Eric, congratulations. You nailed it. Hopefully, you got a thank you from the guy that won 250 bucks. But we've now hit four straight public props that I've been involved picking in, unlike Beho. But this is going to be tonight's public prop. I love Arkansas so getting rich. the four points. This is an absolutely fantastic play. I'm trying to give away another 250 bucks on Nitro. And make sure you guys thank me this time. That'd be great. Okay, because this is going to be four in a row for me. Five in a row with picking who's going to pick the prop. You're welcome, everybody. You're, you're welcome. So tonight, another giveaway from Better Than Vegas. Make sure you follow along at BTV Bets. Folks, we're just, we just want to give away money to you all the time. We want to make your life a little bit easier. Want to put a few bucks into your account. That way, you know, it's going to build your bankroll. And uh, if you want to help us out and show a little support for us, head on over to oldsmokeclothing.com slash BTV. Take a look at this t-shirt that we've got there. It's a collaboration with Old Smoke Clothing. I don't bet, I win. You can walk around and uh, feel like a winner, even if you've been uh, having a, a, a rough weekend. Or, you know, this is something that I'm sure you tell your significant other when they say, hey, Leo, you bet a little bit too much this month. And then and you say right back, hey, I don't bet. I win. I win. You know, that's what that's what hey, it's all about. Right? I've been telling people, too, this is something that you buy for your significant other. Buy two of these shirts. One for you to rock when you're on a yeah, holiday friends, and one for your girl. Yep. No, everybody wants to see their girl wearing this shirt. Yep. And Look that, that shirt. Because basically when I see Stephanie wearing that shirt, I, I'm so self-absorbed. I think she's talking about me. Right? I'm like, oh, yeah, you want it life because of me. So that's how it's all. <laughs> like, Look at that. Like, whoa, you got the pet. You are a winner, Stephanie. <laughs> it's getting deep in here. Congratulations. <laughs> you won. You got me. So, fellas. It has been a blast uh, previewing these games with you. It's so it's really cool when you look back and you see how quickly things move in in this tournament, right? When where we were just a week and a half ago previewing this whole damn thing, we were sitting up at six in the morning looking through the bracket. It was three o'clock Pacific time. We were having a blast, and now we're here, and we we're, we're gonna know a little lot later on today the first two teams in the final four. Lots of storyline with Coach K trying to make it in his final season. Eric, buddy, you've done a fantastic job all the way through. Keep up the great work, my friend. Beho, 
Good luck to you. I'll see you a little later on today for some Mohawk mania. Gentry, my man, we'll see you back tomorrow morning. Thanks so much for your help all throughout these Cutting Nets shows. And Leo, good luck to you in that bracket, my friend. I want to make sure to see you in the final four. You're representing BTV. You're representing all of us, my friend. It's on you now. The weight of the world is on your shoulders, Leo. So pressure time, my friend. Good luck to you. break, folks. Yeah. Good luck today. Good luck, fellas. And uh, good luck to everyone out there. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back here with you tomorrow morning. Same time. We'll set you up for those two games, even though they are later on in the day. But we'll keep our same time early in the morning since we've had that. And uh, later on today, we will have that special edition of Mohawk Mania, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Brian, myself, Blackjack, we'll preview the early pick five for you. And we'll also set up a mandatory payout in the in the super high five today. That thing, that pool is going to be massive. They're expecting a couple million in there. So we're going to have a lot of money to shoot for and tons of action every day right here on BTV Bets. Have a great Saturday, everyone.